Nisan Bolivinaka, you're listening to Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific Bo Okoroi Hawkins. Coming up... Such draconian pieces of electoral laws designed to persecute, terrorise the opposition parties from effectively campaigning. The leader of Fiji's National Federation Party is urging the international community to wake up and acknowledge that the country's political situation bears no resemblance to a genuine democracy... Also, young Fijians living in Aotearoa say cross-language bullying discourages them from trying to learn their mother tongue. So they want to speak a word in Fijian, and from the other side, there's a Fijian boy who speaks well, and they get mocked. And we talk with a Kukiairani designer, Pohari Tana, about her installation for Art in the City, which opens in the Auckland CBD tomorrow. There's so much about this artwork that tells us about the space and um, about the lives of Pacific women that came from the islands to Auckland City and made it their home. The leader of Fiji's opposition National Federation Party, Biman Prasad, says recent electoral amendments are having a gag effect on opposition parties in the lead-up to the country's general election. No official date has yet been announced, but RNZ Pacific understands the latest that the poll can be held is the end of January next year. Biman Prasad describes recent electoral amendments which give increased powers to the supervisor of election and place strict rules on campaign fundraising and electioneering as draconian. He is urging the international community to wake up and acknowledge that the country's political situation bears no resemblance to any definition of a genuine democracy. He spoke with RNZ Pacific reporter Finau Funua about his concerns. Well, uh, one thing I can say uh, is that um, it'd be very difficult, it'd be very difficult to find a democratic country, a country where people claim to be democracy, uh, to find such draconian uh, pieces of electoral laws, uh, which basically is designed to keep the opposition parties at bay, designed to gag the opposition parties, designed to use those laws to persecute, terrorize the opposition parties from effectively campaigning. So, in a nutshell, those are the kinds of electoral laws that we have uh, in this country. They make no sense. They are absurd and stupid laws governing the electoral process and the campaign uh, periods uh, stipulated in those laws. What um, What about Mohammed Sanim? Why is Mohammed Sanim disliked so much by the opposition parties? Well, uh, you know, uh, you you should also know that we cannot even criticize uh, by law the supervisor of elections. So I have to be very careful uh, about what I say with respect to the supervisor of elections. All I can say, of course, is that this government uh, in which the Attorney General Uh, in which the Minister for Economy, in which the Minister in charge uh, of elections, uh, in charge of the elections office, and uh, and, and his role in the appointment of the Electoral Commission, is also the General Secretary of the Fiji First Party. I mean, you would never, ever experience such 
absurd, ridiculous levels of conflict of interest uh, in the whole process of the conduct of elections. So the laws have been made by this government, led by the Attorney General, uh, who is also the Minister for Elections, who is also the General Secretary of the Fiji First Party. So uh, that is the situation we have uh, in this country at the moment. Do you think the intention of these amendments is to keep the, the ruling government in power? Uh, precisely. I mean, this is a bunch uh, who have come into power through the barrel of the gun in 2006. They remained there uh, until they got their own constitution. They made their own laws. And they have they want to remain in power at any cost, uh, giving the appearance to the international community that somehow, you know, we are a genuine democracy. I mean, the international community, including our neighbors on Australia and New Zealand uh, and all the others uh, like the U.S., EU, um, have to uh, uh, seriously be concerned about what's going on at the moment. I mean, these electoral laws are already being used to haul opposition leaders, opposition members uh, into uh, the offices of the anti-corruption agency and, and uh, accused of breaching certain electoral laws. So we are not only fighting an election. We are fighting dictatorship. We are fighting, you know, unjust laws. And we are fighting for democracy. We are fighting for freedom. We're fighting for, for, for the people to be free in this country. That is the enormity of the task that the opposition parties face in this election. And, um, you know, let me say that the international community cannot, absolutely cannot ignore this fundamental flaws, cannot ignore the constant harassment using these laws by the government uh, to uh, get the opposition from effectively participating in the election. This is a government which is flouting its own campaign rules in the guise of the fact that they are in government. While the opposition parties are gagged by the strict laws about campaigning, about helping people, about making donations, this is a government which is on a rampage. They're using state resources, they're using government vehicles, they're all over the place, dishing out, uh, you know, little things uh, to the people at the expense of the taxpayers within the campaign period law which they made themselves. So it's a, it's a one-way traffic uh, right now uh, in the campaign uh, freedom. Uh, only the Fiji First Party, which is the ruling party, which has the freedom to campaign as they want, when they want, where they want, how they want, not the opposition. We have to look at our backs constantly to see how we, we, we don't fall on the wrong side of the law. That is the enormity, that is the gravity of the situation that we have in this country right now. You, you said you constantly have to look behind your back. Um, what are the punishments? Well, the punishments are, are draconian. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, you, you have things like 50... So if I go into a public meeting, uh, for example, and, and somebody comes to me 
and says, look, you know, I need, I need some help. You know, my house has been down. Or, you know, I need some help for medical treatment. And if I give uh, $100 to, to the guy who came to the meeting to, to ask for help, then I am uh, breaching the law. That would be construed as boat buying. And if convicted, I could go to jail for uh, more than five years. I could uh, end up paying $50,000 fine or both. Uh, so that is the seriousness of the stupid law that is there. And and yet, you know, this is a government, you know, which carries on uh, business as usual within the campaign period, uh, dishing out everything using taxpayers' money. Not, not you know, the, and these are all ministers. They're all politicians. They'll all be contesting elections. And the election uh, is, is um, due anytime. And this is another thing. Nowhere in a democracy, the government is so secretive about an election date. People are fed up. People are, are wanting to plan. People don't know whether the election is going to be in November or December or January. Uh, I mean, this is, this is the sort of uh, stupidity that we continue to see in this country uh, under this uh, dictatorial regime. And that is the message that I want to send to the international community, that... Uh, don't be fooled by by these these uh, propaganda, uh, you know, by Frank Baini Marama and Ayat Kayum on the international stage that we have a so-called democracy or genuine democracy. It's nowhere near uh, to um, any definition of a genuine democracy. RNZ has reached out to the minister responsible for elections and the general secretary of the Fiji First Party, Ayat Said Kayum, for comment. Young Fijians living in Aotearoa say cross-language bullying contributes to the threat to Fijian language survival. Mental health and well-being youth representative Vuni Ulula Kemba says young people have raised concerns about being reluctant to speak in their mother tongue out of fear of being demeaned by more fluent speakers. Rachel Nath reports. Learning to speak in one's mother tongue should be an inclusive and fulfilling experience. But for many young Fijians living in New Zealand, it's proven to be a frustrating and isolating journey. Community representative Vuni Ululukamba, who works closely with young Ethiopian people, told RNZ Pacific that more often than not, bullying discourages them from learning their language. A Fijian or a New Zealand-born Fijian? So they want to speak a word in Fijian, and from the other side, there's a Fijian boy who speaks well, and they get mocked. When we go back, when we land into Nandi Airport with a, with a slang of uh, you tend to roll your tongue when you speak something in Fijian, you know, the, the, the eyes of all your own families, that's, that's the kind. Or you just arrived in New Zealand last two years and you're coming back with that. You know, those are the things. A language and culture scholar in Fiji, Paul Garethy, explains this culture of language intimidation has its roots in Fiji's long colonial history. We look up to English as being a superior language and we criticise people. We make jokes about people who don't speak English well. well um, 
but because it's not it's not funny i mean english people don't make jokes about people who can't speak french it's got nothing to do with anything you know uh, the most important thing i think in a child's education is that they learn to speak their own language well ulula kambas says this culture of bullying needs to stop if the itaoke language is to survive in the future calling on parents to play a more active role so it is very important for us to encourage them don't worry it is important whatever comes out from your mouth that you're trying to clarify it is okay at least you are trying to identify yourself that you're trying to know that you're a Fiji and you're trying your best to learn the Fijian community commemorates a week-long celebration of Fijian Itaoke culture, language and traditions, with activities and events being hosted by communities and organizations across Aotearoa. This year's Madhuani Vosavakaviti, the Fijian Language Week, focuses on nurturing, preserving and sustaining the Fijian language. A 10-day exhibition called Art in the City opens in the heart of the Auckland CBD tomorrow with over 100 installations, exhibitions, guided walks, murals, performances, talks, markets, workshops and more. Today we're talking about the incredible Devaivai-themed decal installation on the Freiburg Square steps by the Cook Island-born Auckland-raised designer Boari Itana. For this artwork, she considered how the lives and work of Pacific Island women before her help to make Auckland the vibrant and diverse city it is today. Kia rana and welcome on Pacific Waves. Po, thanks for joining us from Rotonga. I'll let you introduce yourself properly to our listeners. Kia rana, my name is Poeta Itana. Um, I am a New Zealand-born Cook Island special designer. And tell us a bit about your, your own artistic journey and, and getting to, to, to where you are today and your involvement in art in the city. Ah, okay, the good questions, Karoi. Uh, so I graduated in 2018 from AUT with a Master of Cultural and Creative Practice. Um, and so my design practice, and I just want to point out the difference, um, especially for creative people, uh, the difference between being an artist and being a designer. So what um, my practice looks like is a special design practice, which means that I use my design skills to design large-scale spatial installations. As a Cook Islander, a lot of my design practice is rooted in the really fascinating Pacific Island art practices from the Cook Islands. So Tibaibai, for one, um, which is what I've designed for the um, art in the city uh festival of art that's going on across Auckland City and opens on the 7th of October. Awesome. And and just tell us a bit about the space in, in Auckland and what you had to work with, I guess, and, and, and how you've placed your designs for that space. Right. So actually, Aucklanders or people in Auckland are really lucky because Freiburg Square, which is on High Street, right in the middle of the city, um, where I grew up in Auckland, and I'm you know, we're, we're talking to each other. I'm in Rarotonga today, which is part of what makes this whole, like, project very special to me and to people experiencing it in Auckland, um, is that Freiburg Square is kind of adjacent to Queen Street um, in downtown Auckland. Uh, there's a square there that is on High Street and it's got uh, lovely steps 
end of waterfall, a big open space. And you may have seen it if you're walking past. Um, you may have sat there to eat your lunch if you work in town or study in town. Uh, and art in the city kind of have uh, commission um, an artist every year as part of their art festival to design a work to be displayed on the steps. So the work that I designed um, here in Rarotonga and sent over to New Zealand, which is part of the whole idea, is a tivaivai. So part of my spatial design practice is to go, how can we, because we all know tivaivai, you, you're familiar with tivaivai, right, Kuroi? Yes. You know what that is? All right. So part of the way that people talk about tivaivai um, around the world and in New Zealand is we hear academics say it's, it's a dying art. You know, museums often uh, concern themselves with how we can preserve this heritage art. Um, and as a designer, I think part of the way to preserve that is for it to evolve. You know what I mean? Yes, definitely. For it to and to grow. And that's where I think a lot of young artists and designers come in. How can we push the limits of this practice? How can we innovate it and do something new with it and break new bounds? And there are so many great examples of that. And I saw the opportunity for this uh, project and this festival for me to achieve Tivaivai at a huge scale outdoors for many people to enjoy. Um, and I thought, oh, I'll design a Tivaivai especially from here in Rarotonga, send it over to Auckland, the city where I was born and raised. Um, I, I grew up hanging out in Freiburg Square myself and bring my special design um, elements, my, my expertise into it, because there's so much about this artwork that tells us about the space and um, about the lives of Pacific women that came from the islands to Auckland City and made it their home. That's what this work is about, really. That's Specific Waves for today. Remember, you can download us free to your device from Spotify, iHeart or Apple Podcasts. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can also find us. Or the Amanda. <laughs>